Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All the scenes that take place on Octo, where, where Luke and, and Ray are, are training, that actual island is infested with puffins, real life puffins. They use that as inspiration to create the porgs. I just, I love everything about them. I love their stupid giant eyes. I love their giant orange feet. I think they're just like a fantastic piece of creature design. Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to another high-octane, action-packed episode of the Dagobah Dispatch, where it is all Star Wars all the time, because we are too one-dimensional to even consider other topics. This week, we are going to talk about some of our favorite Star Wars creatures and aliens. What does that mean? Honestly, I'm not entirely sure, but we're going to figure it out together as we take yet another hyperspace journey to a galaxy far, far away to debate and discuss our favorite pop culture franchise. We also have some uh, other Star Wars news to get into, so we will get into that as well. I am Dalton Ross here in New York City, communicating via hologram with Devin Kogan, who is out in the City of Angels. How are you living, Devin? Hello, hello. I'm I'm living well in the in the city of angels, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's where you are. <laughs> I guess that's where I am. No, yes, reporting in um, from the West Coast Bureau of Dagobah Dispatch. Here we are. Love it. Um, yeah, that's right. You know what? Now that Sammy is on the best coast as opposed Rude. to the left coast, we're the home office now. Like for a while, the home office was out in L.A., but now the home office is in New York City, baby. I'm sad about it. I'm yeah. sad. Well, hey, I came to visit New York, so I think it's That's your turn true. to come come visit L.A. Anyway, moving on. Uh, <laughs> I live into the EW L.A. office, I think, once in the past decade, which is I probably shouldn't be saying on this podcast. They're going to make me come out. Uh, Any hoodle. Um, we are going to I mentioned our, our main topic today, which we'll get into in a little while. But we have some other things to get to get to first. Uh, let's start with some some quick housekeeping. Um, want to remind you, we love, uh, being in touch with you all. So, um, make sure to, you can do that in many ways. There's our poll on Spotify, uh, which by uh, BT dubs, uh, if you go to listen to us on Spotify, we put a poll up every week and you can, uh, vote and check in the results. Uh, our latest poll was who has the coolest Cape in the star Wars galaxy. And the three options were Lando Calrissian. Darth Vader and Orson Krennic. And the winner with 41% of your vote, Lando Calrissian. That's Follow fair. Yeah, followed by a tie between Darth Vader and Orson Krennic. Each came in with 29%. Devin. Again, that does not equal 41 plus 29 plus 29 does not equal 100. It does this every week. I would understand some points if sometimes, like rounding down, but every single week we've ever done this GD poll. It comes to 99%. It drives me crazy. 
I don't know, Dalton. We're journalists. We're not very good at math. What I can guess, I say? I guess not. I, I'm, that has never been one of my strong suits. Actually, that's a lie. I like took AP calculus and was quite good at math. But since becoming a journalist, that, that part of my brain has eroded. I thought I was good at math until then my daughter started majoring in math and like then making me realize I understand absolutely nothing. Uh, you can also leave us a voicemail. 657-799-1566. So nice. I got to say it twice. 657-799-1566. You can leave your thoughts and questions for anything we say here, anything Star Wars related. You know what? Leave Sammy a message. Give yeah. Sammy a little pick me up. Just like, you know, a little something. No, don't do that. Yeah, please do that. <laughs> please do that. We will play it on the pod. Your notes, your thoughts for Sammy. And let me tell you something, Devin. Sammy. Let me tell you a little something about Sammy. Let me break some exclusive news. Actually, I don't think it's exclusive news. I think we've talked about it already. Sammy's been a little <laughs> sick. Sammy's been a little under the weather for the past few weeks. Uh, and, um, you know, I'm no doctor, right? But I subscribe to the medical philosophy of one Patch Adams. <laughs> <laughs> that laughter is indeed the best medicine. So what I started doing was I started sending Sammy <laughs> the same clip every day and told Sammy, listen, I'm just going to keep sending you this <laughs> clip every single day until you get better. And, um, and it was, and by the way, Sammy eventually essentially told me to stop sending them the clip. <laughs> They're like, you know, I think today, I think today is like, I'm, I'm better. I think this will be the last time you'll have to do this, which if you know me at all means I'm just going to keep sending. That's the, an like, invitation the, to continue. I probably would have stopped, but I kept sending them the clip. So the clip was uh, from this 2011 VH1 reality show called Ton of Cash. Are you familiar with this show, Devin? I'm not. Ton of Cash. <laughs> it was a show on VH1 hosted by Dahani Jones former NFL football player. And it basically was a reality competition show. It was a group of contestants vying for up to $1 million. It wasn't, it, the key phrase there is up to, like they weren't going to give away a million dollars. What they would do is they'd have a bunch of cash that then they'd have to haul, get it through a series of challenge courses from Los Angeles to Las Vegas. So they'd okay. have some like so it started that it was basically they had like $1 million in like prop fake $1 bills. And then the money was bundled into 167 bricks that weighed 12 pounds each for weighed over like 2,000 pounds. That basically they'd have to lug it through challenges, oh right? God. And, the, and the, the, uh, the amount that they got through each challenge, by the way, welcome to the Ton of Cash podcast. I was going to say, uh, how, continue. No, but <laughs> This is the setup. You need the setup. And so the, whatever cash they could get through the challenge then would, would go into the winner's pot. So like all reality competition shows, people would get eliminated along the way. And there was one elimination that was just so special that I decided to send it to Sammy every single day. <laughs> so let's give you guys a taste. Let's give you the clip <laughs> that I sent to Sammy every single day. And then some, while they were sick, it goes a little something like this. Johnny. Yeah. Sorry to tell you that you have to return to your life of debt. Yeah. The people clap loud when you win a Grammy. They clap louder when you win an Oscar. But the people clap the loudest when you fall. And Champ got knocked out today. There are some last words that I'd like to say to the group. 
Guys, I don't care how tough you think you are, nothing hits harder than life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, okay? And don't be pointing fingers saying, I'm not where I need to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. <laughs> what did I just watch? Sammy, do you want to describe uh, for people what was happening during that clip? Yeah, sure. So just to paint the picture of Johnny, he is being eliminated. He has no shirt on. And I forget what year uh, you said it was. 2011, Sammy. 2011. So 2011, uh, basketball shorts, I think, historically were, you know, as long as capris yeah, at this point. So right. Johnny, to the calves. Mm -hmm, just straight, straight on down to the calves. He's wearing these shorts. He's topless. He's getting eliminated. He says this speech that... <laughs> Very nobody, inspirational. Very inspirational. Nobody speech. is inspired by like the cameras cutting to all these people, and they're like, mm, "Okay, Johnny, please leave." And then that noise you heard was Johnny. <laughs> he got into like a horse stance, which is a very wide squat, and started making this noise so that like he would essentially pass out. Yeah, right? that like is he's like flexing. A he just keeps doing it until eventually he passes out, falls down. <laughs> Which I think really the healing power uh, of this video. Yeah. I, I really, I, I truly believe in it. Yeah. It's like if you don't want to take Paxlovid because of the metallic taste in your mouth. Right. <laughs> watch this clip every day until you get That's better. That's it. And you will. And it eventually. works. Eventually. <laughs> That's right. I just experienced that for the first time, and wow. I am like literally in shock. Well, let me tell you, not the last, because now I'll just start sending it to you oh, every God. day. <laughs> just like every day. I'm gonna, gonna wake up every morning clip. to like you know 6 a.m. LA time. Yep. Being like, oh great, Johnny from Ton of Cash. <laughs> By the way, you know the best part about Ton of Cash is the even better than that clip. So it it it, it came on and like it started on uh you know it was in primetime television for the premiere. It was like no one watched it. The ratings were so bad that they immediately started uh, changing the air slot to 2 a.m. Oh, 2 no. a.m. in the morning. Ton of cash. Ton of cash, ladies and gentlemen. You know, so, some fans were really like, I got to stay up. I got to stay yeah. up till 2 a.m. To, to get me some, some cash. Uh, if you ever watch Ton of Cash, uh, the number is 657-799-1566. <laughs> To leave your impressions. Oh um, all right, let's get back on track. Another way, by the way, to get in touch with us is via the social media. I usually say that at the end of the episode, but I have a feeling like most of you have like just like not listening to that stuff at the end. So just a heads, a heads up, you can always reach me. It's very confusing. I have different handles on different social media platforms, but it's Dalton Ross on Twitter or X or whatever it's called. And it's at the Dalton Ross on Instagram. Devin Kogan has it easy. She's just Devin Kogan, I think, all over the place, right? I'm. Like, I have an easy name. I'm. I'm yeah. the only Devin Kogan in the world. But um, yeah. Speaking of social media, I I know we got some some good messages this week. Um, on Twitter slash X, I wanted to give a shout out to uh Julian Roloff who sent me a message. Uh, that's going to make Dalton really mad. I'm going to read it. 
Um, it says, first time I saw the remastered Jedi and victory celebration came on, I thought, gee, Yubnub is atrocious in this setting. It's fine in and of itself, but victory celebration moved me because it evoked the death, pain, and loss that had bought this victory. And I just want to say, Julian, you are 100% Wrong. correct. And thank you for continuing to bang this drum. Uh, that victory celebration is the correct way to end Return of the Jedi compared to Yubnub. No, in Yubnub, they're actually banging the drums, Devin. You see the the Ewoks hitting the drums and they're playing their song, Yubnub. So um I definitely do not agree. I wonder the one one thing I wonder about, Julian, is I'm guessing that the first version he saw, like a lot of people listening to this podcast, I assume, was the special the, the newer version. No, the he's saying version. that the first time he saw the remastered Jedi made him realize how atrocious Yubnub mm, is. That's so true. he had already seen the first that's one. That's true. So then I, there's I no think, excuse. Then there's yeah, no excuse. Well no, I think I think he's correct. But yes, <laughs> continue this is the I mean, we've been fighting about this for about a year now. But yeah. I think we're going to continue to fight about it. All I'm saying is, if this had been a competition, you would have been eliminated like poor Johnny there on ton of cash. Um, <laughs> and I would have just started chanting right. and passed out on the stage in my but, giant basketball the, shorts. By the way, Sammy, just drop in that weird noise of that flexing anytime in the podcast on any episode you want. That's always welcome. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, Julian, appreciate that 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 tweet or whatever we're supposed to call a tweet now to Devin, you guys can always reach out to us uh, there as well. So please do so. Speaking of which, uh, Devin also very active on the Instagram, everybody, uh, very active, had a post up, excuse me, a story where she was on the receiving end of some weird like porcelain cat figurine. No, no, no. Okay. What was it? So my best friend, Alex, Went, uh, took like an autumnal road trip through the Northeast. Um, she's on a goal to visit all 50 states. So she checked off like Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine. Was she looking for foliage? Like what was happening? Yeah, just the, okay. you know, the, you know, was out up there for a wedding, decided to check off some, some Why things. do we have to call it foliage? Why can't we just call it leaves? Let me tell my Why story. Why in the fall? <laughs> Why in the autumn does all of a sudden leaves become foliage? I, I just because uh, they're pretty and they're right, beautiful whatever. to look at, and I miss it living in Los yeah. Angeles. I don't get that anymore. Fair enough. Um, but so she goes to this antique store and um, finds this incredible. It's a large plastic cat. It's the size of a real cat, and it's I don't know. It's maybe like a foot and a half tall. It's probably eighteen inches tall, and it's like this black cat with like yellow eyes. I think it was like a plastic Halloween decoration, but he's incredible. And she was like, "I need to buy him for Devin, just because that's." immediately she saw this and just thought that's that's Devin's vibe and correctly I immediately saw this and she gave it to me and I was like this is my my new obsession so now I have this large plastic black cat sitting in my house that is the size of my other cats like my real actual feline cats um and so I put up a, a story on Instagram asking people what should I name this cat so uh yeah I saw this and I thought that's fun I like De Devin's like crowdsourcing the name for her cat let me weigh in here, right? Like, I'm a cat guy. I've got three cats. I'm a cat lover. I think my cats, which, by the way, I can't take any credit for. My my wife and kids actually did it. But they've got some good names. We got Crookshanks. All right, that's not that original. Uh, but we have Claude, C-L-A-W-E-D. Uh, and we have Fang. Um, and so I was like, I'm pretty good at naming cats. And I'm thinking of Devin. And I'm thinking, well, listen, Devin loves Star Wars. How about a Star Wars themed cat name? So instead of setting Devin one, uh, I sent her about 10. 
different counties. I have the list. So I've got the list here too. So <laughs> why, don't I, why don't I go one by one and you can give me your thoughts on each one, Devin, right? So these are All these right. are my submitted names. She, she has not told me, by the way, if she's accepted any of these names. I don't even know what the name of the cat is now. If she's officially named the cat, she can reveal that at the end here. Um, so here are the, my suggestions for Devin to name her new plastic cat. All right, number one, Paul Dameron. A classic. I love Oscar Isaac. I approve. <laughs> okay, next one. Cat Fisto. Supremely stupid. But look, Kit Fisto is one of my favorite prequel character um, characters in the entire prequel trilogy. So actually, surprisingly, in contention. Yeah, I, uh, this is one of the the earliest Star Wars things that Devin and I bonded on when we were doing like our Star Wars characters list. And I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm going to lay it on the line. I'm going to put my cards on the table. If you don't take Cat Fisto, my next cat is named Cat Fisto. I so, I think that so works. I'm I mean, saying, I think you could just you name first a cat dibs. Kitten Fisto or like, yeah, kit, yeah. you know, I think it works. Yeah. But I think perfect. I, right. I love that. All right. So that's in contention. Uh, third option, Podme. Eh. I like that, Sammy? It's, it's, it's not my favorite. No, you don't like um, it either? I think it's a little forced. Oh, that's but pretty good. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, my next one, I want to send you an, like a live in real time um, like correction or addition. I want to make an edit on my, my suggestion. It was Emperor Palpatine, <laughs> but I should have done Emperor Palpatine. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> That makes it so much worse. At first, I was like, better? hey, I don't hate it. Palpatine is a, is a great name for a cat. But no, that's absolutely not. No? Emperor Palpatine? No? Although I do want like a real cat named Emperor Palpatine because like that way, every time he just like walks into the room, you can play like the Imperial March and you can be like, yeah. the emperor has arrived. It has its own theme song. I'm telling you. Don't Somehow, Palpatine returned. <laughs> I feel like you're sleeping on that one, Devin. I feel like that one's a winner, but whatever. It's your cat. Um. All right, next up, Paul Guerrero. I'll, I'll allow it. Okay, that's all I right. approve. Cat Bane. That's... <laughs> well, again, I'll allow it. It's not my favorite, but... Uh, Why is it not you your know, favorite? I think it's pretty good. I don't know. I don't know. I think there's there's better ones on the list. By the way, this is what I was doing on like a Friday night. Can we just like put a little spotlight on that? This was like my main activity for an evening. Just coming up with these stupid... All right. Paul Dewan. Mm, no, yeah, not, it's not my yeah, favorite either. Not the best. It's not my favorite. Uh, all right, we got three left. <laughs> Mon Meowthma. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Uh, ten out of ten. Yeah? Love this one. Right. Um, this is this is a great if I great great option. <laughs> uh, Cat Dooku. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that one. Yeah. I do like this. This is the last one. Obi-Wan Katnobi. <laughs> it's forced, but, you know, I, I do like They're all forced. <laughs> yeah, none of them are particularly roll off the tongue. But, um, no, I think of those, my favorites are, I like Mon Meowthma. Um, I like Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paw da- Dameron, yeah. a classic. Um, I think I think those are all great options. Did you I, pick any of them? Did you use any of them for? Your, your I haven't. Cat? I haven't named this cat yet. I got to figure out what I'm what I'm going to name it. Um. So so TBD. Um. I got some really good ones. Someone was just like, you should just name it like Kyle. 
And I was like, that's a great name. Um, I don't know. I got to think about it. All so. right. Well, listen, the people can vote. And this might have to be our poll this week, right? And I feel, like, I feel like this is, yeah, cat. this is the poll. And you can also leave us a voicemail. Uh, did you, pref- which of those options did you like? Or do you have your own Star Wars cat pun you'd like to nominate? 657-799-1566. 657-799-1566. We're doing God's work here, people. And for the record, I have posted a picture of this cat on Twitter so you can see it and, and get, see the vibe that it, that it gives off. Yeah, you can get into it. Uh, all right. Um, one news item I want to get into before we then finally get to our topic of the week. I don't know if you saw this or not, Devin. Uh, saw this in the old New York Times the other day. An X-Wing model from the original Star Wars sold at auction for $3.1 million. This I was, wish I could uh, whistle. I would whistle. I know. You can't whistle? No. Try and whistle again. It's just like a like a noise. Oh, like I can't it. I can't do it. That's pretty good. Uh all right. So Devin, it's this guy, Greg Jane? Jane? Sorry. Apologies to the deceased. Uh, who was a, a Oscar-nominated visual effects artist. I don't think he worked on Star Wars at all, but he collected all these props. He had a model, uh, there's an original model of the X-Wing fighter. It was used for the climactic battle scene in the original Star Wars. And the opening price was $400,000. It eventually sold for $3.135. It's a record for a prop used on screen in a Star Wars movie. Wow. Uh, They discovered the X-Wing stashed in his garage last year after he died at the age of 76. Um, A similar model X-Wing last year sold for nearly $2.4 million. So it went up pretty considerably. Uh, there was 500 other items uh, that sold for a total of 13.6 million. In that collection was a stormtrooper costume from the original Star Wars, which sold for 645,000. A spacesuit from 2001, Space Odyssey, 447,000, and a utility belt from the 1960s Batman series with Adam West that sold for 36,250 dollars. It also <laughs> included a lace hairpiece worn by William Shatner as Captain Kirk in the original Star Trek, but it was uh, the X-Wing, Devin, 22-inch prop that sold for over $3 million. Your thoughts? That is really cool. If I had $3 million laying around, I probably would spend it on like an original X-Wing from the 77 Star Wars. I, I don't know about you, but like I always love... Um, I love props. I love costumes. I love hearing about, I always love when stuff like this goes up for auction and you get to see it just because I think it's, it's so cool. Um, and uh, specifically uh, something on the original Star Wars with like one of the original models for obviously like one of the most iconic, you know, scenes in all of, of cinema history. Like it just, it's, it's cool. I was, I, I just think that's so cool. Um, and I love just like the sort of the I, I'm just a real sucker for practical effects and stuff like this because it's just it's so cool. I don't know. I just I think this is awesome. Now, I realize and I recognize that there were probably a lot more Stormtrooper costumes than original X-Wings, which is why the X-Wing went for so much more money. But I still think I would take the Stormtrooper costume for six hundred forty five thousand dollars. I mean, first off, just for the Halloween possibilities alone. <laughs> I, I think I'd go that way, but I think I'd go the stormtrooper. Like it, it'd be a cool display too in your home. Now, like again, my wife would never let me display a giant storm. I tried to put the life-size cardboard cutout Boba Fett in our 
living room and she she came home from work and this is not an exaggeration lie she came home from work saw it in the living room and started crying <laughs> so i don't think she would let me put up the stormtrooper but it would be pretty cool. Like, I think that's a better buy is what I'm saying. I don't know. I like the X-Wing. I think the X-Wing is cool. It's like it's subtler. It's smaller. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, it would be would be cool to have an original Stormtrooper thing. But I think there's something really special about about the X-Wing, especially the fact that, you know, the way they filmed it using the models is just it's so cool. Um, so I, I think there's something kind of really, really spectacular about that. Um, I always love talking to actors about like what props they keep, um, you know, from things like this. And I'm always curious, you know, like, uh, you know, who ends up with with some of the the cool Star Wars stuff. Um, I mean, so much of it obviously goes back to Lucasfilm and it's, you know, it's in museums or it's, you know, it goes on, um, you know, different tours or things. If you've ever been to Star Wars Celebration, there's always like so much of that on display. There was a great um, like Mandalorian showcase, um, you know, at, at Star Wars Celebration last year where you get to see like the actual Naboo Starfighter and like all of the the cool, cool stuff. Um, but yeah, I always thought if I was like, an actor, you know, things might go missing from the set after after filming wrapped. Yeah, by the way, I know we Star Wars fans were supposed to be, you know, very territorial against Star Trek, but the Captain Kirk lace hairpiece for only $13,750, that's a pretty good buy. Like, that's pretty cool. Like, that's I a like pretty good deal. Captain Kirk yeah. hairpiece. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, so, listen, I said we we're going to share our list of our favorite Star Wars creatures and aliens. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, well, we will explain it and attempt to explain it to ourselves. We will do that and unfurl our lists right after this super quick break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back. I, I said it was a super quick break. I honestly had no idea how long it would be. So I hope it was quick. Uh, anyway, uh, so Devin, this was your idea, and I think it's a good one, um, but I don't quite understand it. And what I say that is, what I mean is that we have to set some parameters. And you and I yes. kind of set, kind of did, because I asked Devin. Devin said, well, let's talk about our favorite aliens. I'm like, oh, that's fun. No, no, but, no, no, no. I never said the word aliens. Creatures. Creatures. Okay. So I said, what is, what is, what does that mean? Like, because that, that could have a very broad definition or very narrow definition. And so I said, well, like, what's, what does that mean? Like, does that mean like a Hera, a Soka, anyone that's not a, like a human? And, and Devin said, well, like not a humanoid, anyone that's not, and I said, okay, okay, I got it. So I made a list and then I started to worry that my entire list was like wrong. So then I made a new list. So I'm like, so what, why we just start by you saying like, without, Spoiling your top three, we're gonna have our top three. Each. What do you what do you see as sort of like a Star Wars creature? What is a creature? Maybe give an example. What is not a creature? Like, yeah, go ahead. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I, I figured, you know, something that I've always really loved about the Star Wars galaxy, and this is something we talked to, we've talked a lot about on this show, is um, the world building and the creatures specifically are so extraordinary. Um, you know, I'm, t- I'm talking not the Twi'leks or the Wookiees or the humanoid, you know, kind of your Admiral Akbars. Um, I'm talking about like things that are more animal-like, the monsters, the the animals, the things that you meet on these strange distant planets. Um, that's one of the things that I think makes the Star Wars galaxy feel so lived in. And that's part of the reason I harp so much on the Ewok movies for just having like normal llamas. And I'm like, no, that's not Star Wars. If it's, if it's Star Wars, you've got to have like a weird, interesting creature. Um, like, you know, with, uh, womp rats in, in the original Star Wars and, and, and things like that. Um, so, I, you know, I figured, hey, we're coming up on Halloween season. Um, I love a little bit of, uh, you know, creature magic. Let's talk a little bit about some of the, the creatures and animals, the non-humanoid ones um, in the Star Wars galaxy. So it's also interesting that you use the Ewok movies as example. And like we had lots of fun with that first Ewok movie when there literally were like just every farm animal just walking around. Right, there's just like but, a cow right. and a llama. But we should give the second movie credit because I'm pretty sure that's the first introduction of the Blurg was actually yes. in that second Ewok movie. So they, they, as we talked about when, and you guys can listen to our episodes on the two Ewok movies back way back in our feed. Uh, and the first one is just, I mean, they're both bad, but like the, the second one, they, <laughs> was, you know, they actually put some thought and budget into unlike the first one. All right. So like I said, I made my list. I'm like, all right, so no, like, you know, like Ahsoka doesn't count and Hera, like these people like Twi'leks don't count. I put it on my list. And I realized, you know, these don't really, I don't think count either. So like, like for instance, Dexter Jetster. You know how much I love Dexter no, Jetster. I, I'm, I'm talking about like right. species, not like. Like individual characters. So I realized I made my list. I'm like, you know what? Devin is going to throw penalty flags all over the place with this list. Uh, rightfully so. But I just, listen, if there's a list, I want Dexter Jetster on it. That's pretty much the way it goes. So anyway, I, I took it. I took Dexter Jetster off. Uh, I've got my list. Devin's got hers. We're going to our top three each. We'll, we'll ping pong back and forth. Devin, why don't you start us off and give us your third favorite creature in any Star Wars project. Okay, so this is ranked. This is like three, yeah, two, one. Okay, whatever. Yeah, sure. I, mean, I, if you I, don't, wanna... think my, I don't think mine fine, are super ranked. Fine. But... Give us, just give, give us your okay. first one then. Um, let's start. I bet, uh, I, by the way, I just want a prediction here. I have one that I'm pretty confident we're going to double up on. I have one that I'm pretty sure as I picked, I'm like, ah, I bet Devin's going to do this. But we'll, we'll see. We'll find out. There's there's a couple. I, I had fun making this list because there's a lot that I, I had sort of forgotten about. And um, I feel like Star Wars creatures sort of run the gamut from uh, like slobbery and horrifying and will eat you uh, to adorable and cuddly. Um, and so I think we're going to start with an adorable and cuddly one um, coming as a surprise to absolutely no one. This is an option from Star Wars The Last Jedi. Um, let's talk about Porgs. I love Porgs. I'm obsessed with them. I think they're perfect. Um, I think they're an incredible piece of Star Wars uh, design. I think they are uh, unlike the Ewoks. They never overstay their welcome and, and you know, go from being like adorable to annoying. Um, 
I think they're actually like a really fun behind the scenes production design choice. You know, they filmed on this island in Ireland that is uh, uh, every all the scenes that take place on Octo where, where Luke and, and Ray are, are training. Um, that actual island is infested with puffins, real life puffins. Uh, so they found they use that as inspiration to create the Porgs. I just I love everything about them. I love their stupid giant eyes. I love their giant orange feet. I think they're just like a fantastic piece of creature design. And um, there's something really delightful about them. Obviously, quite a bit of them is CG, but they also used a lot of practical effects, like actually building porgs, uh, which I think is always adds a delightful element to it. So I'm I'm team porg all the way. So I, I want to kick things off with with the porgs. What about you, Dalton? Are you are you on team porg? Well, of course, the plural of porg is porg, as we all know. Uh, no, <laughs> That's not correct, but continue. Uh, uh, so. I, yeah, I am. I am. I like them because I, I, okay. I got nervous. Like when they first, like, I can't remember if we first saw them in the trailer or there's some photos. I was like, uh oh, like, yes. Are they just going to like milk these? Are these just going to be like, just, just, you know, this kind of the way they did with obviously very different from Gungans, but is this just going to be like kind of comic relief for the kids? Are they going to go too far? Cash they, grab merchandising. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but they didn't. You know, they had some moments. It was very funny when Chewie was sitting there at the campfire and there's like giving him that look. It's very funny when they're like sort of tearing up the Millennium Falcon cockpit. Like, I'm I'm all in. I, th- I think it's a, a great pick. I thought about them as well. I did not put them on my list. Uh, but I, but I'm a fan. I am a fan of the way that they're a the design, like you said, they look great, and the way that they were utilized and used, yet not overused. So uh, yeah, I'm a fan with the pork. And, and since you went Last Jedi, I'll stay with the Last Jedi. This is one I thought might be on your list. It's the Voltex. It's yes. the Voltex, which is oh. the which is basically. The crystal foxes, like that's how people remember them. They're these creatures that are on crate. By the way, crate is one of the coolest Star Wars planets ever. We talk about Scarif a yes. lot and how awesome Scarif is, and we love Scarif uh, from Rogue One. But like crate is super cool. It's that layer of white salt over that red soil. So then when those like ships like are dragging their thing in the red soil, it's like kicking all up. So cool. And then you got these crystal foxes which are uh, running around there and they're barely in the movie, but they play a, a, a big part in the movie because they're sort of obviously like find the exit that the resistance, I mean, you would think that the resistance would know about that exit, like if they've been there for a while, but whatever. Uh, but it's the, the Voltexes or the Volticides or whatever the plural is there that basically leads them out of there. And I just think they're so cool looking and a small dose, but it goes a long way, Devin. I agree completely. They're like little Pokemon come to life. <laughs> I, I love the way they look. I love the way they sort of like the the, uh, the crystal on their back sort of like tinkles as they run and sort of like sounds like glass like clinking. Um, I think I read that, you know, for the animators who worked on these, they actually just like took a bunch of clear plastic straws and like built like a, a suit and put it on a dog and just had it run around and watched how like the the like clear plastic straws like moved as this dog moved um which i thought was a a really delightful you know kind of bts story um no i'm so glad you brought this up these are i when i was thinking about like cool creatures and this is the kind of world building that i find really really interesting and and i think makes the star wars galaxy seem so much more lived in um 
when you have these, you know, one of my biggest complaints about things is like, you're going to these different planets, they should look interesting, they should be different, and each have their own biomes and own history and, you know, own, you know, flora and fauna. Um, and that's something that I, I think, uh, you know, Crate specifically does does quite well. Yeah, it's a cool planet. And I, I really hope we do get to see more of it uh, somewhere in some fashion, some future project, because um, obviously, big impact it made in Last Jedi, and we'd like to see more of it. Okay. Uh, all right, Devin, let's go on to your second favorite creature from a Star Wars film or TV show. So we went to the adorable side of the spectrum. Now we're going to the horrifying side of the spectrum. Um, and we're throwing it back to the original trilogy, mm. uh, specifically Return of the Jedi. We are going to Jabba's Palace, and we're going to talk about the Rancor. One of my all-time favorites. Um, it's no secret that I love, love, love everything that happens in Jabba's Palace. For me, that's why Return of the Jedi was always one of my favorite movies as a kid. Um, you know, I love everything that happens on Endor and, and the, the final act there. But for me, what really elevates Jedi is specifically all the stuff that happens in Jabba's, Jabba's Palace. Um, I love the Rancor. I love his design. He's like tall and kind of slobbery and has like but he's like also got brute strength um and i specifically like love the relationship between him and the rancor keeper malakili malakili a classic just like there's this like lovely like he cries when the and you know you just i i love everything about this scene i was always it creeped me out as a kid um but also like I loved the Rancor, but like I was also scared of the Rancor. So I was like, I don't know. There's a lot of great monsters sort of in the Star Wars galaxy, um, you know, Wampas and the space worm on the asteroid and all kinds of, you know, creepy creatures. But for me, like the Rancor just like has such a personality and just like such a great design um, that he's that's why he's he's on the top of my list. It's a great pick. Uh, really gave it a lot of consideration being on my pick. And I love everything about it. I love the setup. Where first off, you just hear it devouring, you know, yeah. the dancer uh, below in the Gamorrean Gardens. And like you just, you know, something terrifying is down there, but you don't know exactly what. And then the way they did it with the, the, the stop motion and then they have the props and stuff, you know, for that time, 1983 looked so good. And you know what? I know you and I were a little lukewarm on a lot of stuff about the Book of Boba Fett, but I thought the Rancor stuff was really yeah. cool. Super, super cool. The way they introduce that relationship between uh, Boba Fett and him and then the way that later comes into play in the big battle. Thought that was really neat. So I'm a big Rancor guy as well. It's a cool looking beast and has been employed really effectively in both of those uh, instances. So I think it's a great a great pick. And uh, I, I'll give you my second because you mentioned it already uh, in that sort of aside which is that space worm you talked about. Yes. Uh, Exogorth, I believe, is the name, or a space slug. It's, um, uh, and, and just to give a little more context in case you don't remember what it is, this is in Empire Strikes Back and Han's in the asteroid field uh, being crazy, trying to get away from TIE fighters and then sees an asteroid and dives down into it and thinks he's just in this sort of crater in the asteroid until it starts, uh, you know, some Minox show up and they blast at the Minox and all of a sudden it starts shaking and they realize they're inside a space slug. They're inside its mouth. They are trying to shoot out of its long neck and its, it, its jaws are closing. And I just, you know, I remember the first time watching that being, I just having my mind blown by that and just thinking that was so, so cool. 
and uh, just a, a great storytelling device, really cool execution. You really only see it when the, the falcon jumps out and then it kind of extends and tries to bite and grab it and misses. That's really all you see of the thing except for that shot when they're going up towards the teeth. So you don't, it's, it's really only screen for like a few seconds, but it's so great. I just, I love the space slug. I do too. Look, I'm a, as a general rule, I'm a big fan of like space worms. You know, we get them in Dune, we get them in Star Wars. Like you just, you can't go wrong with like a giant worm that eats people. You know, there's just like, it's, it's, it's classic sci-fi. Um, and I agree. I think the, the Exegorth is, is deployed quite well. You know, we see, we, you don't get the full reveal until the very end of just like how big it is and what it is. And it's like this being living in the vacuum of space. I love that it has like a whole ecosystem in its stomach with all the Mike Minox like flying around everywhere. Um, I love this sort of creeping dread as they realize kind of what's happened to them and where they've landed. Um, it's kind of a great horror element um, that you don't always get a lot of in Star Wars, but um, it's something that I, I think I, I really love. And I, I don't think we talk enough about sort of the horror elements of specifically Empire Strikes Back um, between all the stuff that happens on Dagobah and some of like the you know body horror stuff we get with uh, Luke losing his arm and like the creepy creature horror of the Exegorth and the Wampa, which we haven't really talked about. Um, but there, there's some really great like WTF moments in Empire Strikes Back, and I think this is this is up there. This is and, one of them. And Luke having the the battle with Vader on Dagobah, then chopping off the head and seeing his own yes. face there. That was so creepy when you're a kid. And you know, it's interesting because I thought about the Sarlacc too, Devin, and I I like the concept of the Sarlacc a lot too, that like you go into them and you're just digested over like a bazillion years, whatever it is. Great concept. It's a great concept and it looks cool too. The only problem is, is that as you've pointed out, Boba Fett gets a really lame death in there, in there. And then Boba Fett, they retconned it where Boba Fett basically kills it, uh, blows it up. And just so just like that always left a sort of a not great taste um, with the Sarlacc pit. And like you said, the space, like just the concept of being inside the belly of a beast and not even knowing it is so cool. So it's pretty great. Space slug for uh, my second pick. Uh, all right. We got one left each. Devin, hit us up with your last one. This will come as a surprise to no one who has listened to our uh, our Ahsoka recaps. We got to talk about the Lothcats. It, it should come as a surprise to no one that I love cats, given the fact that we just talked about me having a plastic cat for like, I don't know, 20 minutes. Um, I love the Lothgats. I think they are a perfect design. I think they are so weird and so they're like recognizably feline, but also so alien. I love their weird little stick feet. It looks so great in the animation. And they, they have these like giant eyes and giant ears and giant tail and these little tiny stick feet that they run around on. Um I think they look incredible in the trans uh, in the translation to live action, specifically. In, we saw them in The Mandalorian, like there's a brief shot and they look good. But I think Ahsoka really upped the game and I, I think they look fantastic. Um, look, I'm a sucker for a cat. I think it's again, it's something that that just makes, uh, you know, the world feel lived in, you know, these having these creatures around. Um, and I, I think the design looks incredible. I think they're incredibly lifelike um, and a lot of cases you know they actually did create puppets for for a lot of these um you know i i know i saw them at uh comic-con this year they had the actual ahsoka lothcat like on display um and i i just think there's something delightful about them i think they look really fuzzy and i would like to pet one 
Yeah, I'd like to pet one too. Uh, they're cool. I, I get hung up on the fact that I call them loath cats and you call them loth cats. That's true. I guess um, they're loath cats. Well, I, don't I don't know, know if I they are. Just I'm loth. not saying I'm right. You could be right. I, I, I don't know. But I think loth, loth, loth cats, loth cats, whatever. Yeah, it's, whatever. But they're yeah. awesome. I agree they're awesome. And uh, just wish we'd seen more of it on ah Ahsoka. I sort of had a feeling because we knew they were leaving Lothal. So I sort of had a feeling we probably, we don't even know if that, that dude's still alive. Uh, Devin's I, very concerned. Devin is very concerned. I am very concerned for Sabine's love cat. I want to know, is he safe? Does he have enough food? Does he have toys? Does he have like crinkle balls to play with? Like who's, who's cat sitting while well, she's in another galaxy? I do have a surprise for you because I reached out and I actually was able to get us a, a scene of the cat that did not appear on the show. And I realized for a podcast, a scene doesn't work that well, but at least you can listen to the audio. So let's take a listen to an unaired scene of the Loth cat from Ahsoka. <laughs> anyway, there it was. Uh, so I didn't realize they sounded like that, but um, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, you you can hear the they've they've got a lot of a lot of power for being a very small creature. Yeah, they do. That's right. <laughs> so a little got a little dicey at the end there. That might have passed out. Uh, it's a, it's a great number one pick. I knew it'd be on your list, uh, so I didn't put it on mine because I knew uh, you'd you'd have it there as as rightfully you should. For my top one, not a surprise here that I'll I'll go original trilogy, and I maybe it is a surprise because I don't know that people think about this as like you know the best creature in the star Wars galaxy. But, uh, Devin, I love me a Tauntaun. Yes. They were also on my list. I the, love yeah. me a Tauntaun. And I have, I still have the, the Tauntaun figure when I was a kid. And what it is, it's a pretty well-sized figure and it's got a little hole in the top. So you just put your, like you put your, your Hoth Luke Skywalker, <laughs> just like standing, like in the standing position, you just drop him on into the Tauntaun and then he's riding the Tauntaun around and I still have, it, and it's awesome. And I just thought they did such a good job with the Tauntaun of like, you know, using sort of an dressed up animals, um, props and stop motion uh, when it was, you know, running across the icy plains of, of Hoth. Um, I love the horns. Um, I don't love the way they smell, apparently. I thought they <laughs> smelled bad on the outside. But I remember still as a kid, Devin, when Han slices open that belly and those guts come out, I was like, oh my God. I think that was like the grossest thing I'd ever seen on screen at that point. Uh, I just thought it was so, so awesome. So I love the Tauntauns. They make me happy when I see them. And I'm sad for that one that froze to death, but it gave its life for a better cause, which was my enjoyment. That's true. Uh, these guys were also on like number four on my list. Um, I love them. And again, I think it's a it's a great example of taking something very classic, like you, sort of like a horse, a mount, something that you ride into battle um, or use to sort of explore and making it feel like Star Wars and making it feel like lived in and strange and weird and having this whole um, kind of uh, backstory. If you've never heard uh, Bill Hader on Conan O'Brien doing his impression of a dying Tauntaun, I highly recommend oh. that you look it up. It's incredible. Uh, it, I, it's what I think about every single time. <laughs> I'm so glad these are on the list. Um, no complaints for me. Um, yeah, 
Uh, now, see, now I just want to go watch Empire Strikes Back. I mean, right? really, that's what I every, mean, that's, every day at some yeah. point I say to myself, God, I just want to go back and watch Empire Strikes Back later today. That's just great. Um, um, are I, there any bonus uh, creatures that didn't make your list, but you want to give a shout out to? I think you 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 hit them. I mean, you sort of hit the ones that I sort of, I was thinking about, you know, we, Rancor. I was thinking about Sarlacc, the lo- Loth or Lothcat uh, as well. Uh, not, no I love a Bantha. Um, yeah, on yeah, ta- yeah, on yeah, Tatooine, yeah, yeah, it's a good they're one. they're very specific. I love a bantha, um, love a Kawakian monkey lizard. Um, mm-hmm. You know, with uh, a little salacious bee crumb action. Yep. Blurgs, um, we talked about blurgs earlier. We talked about like blurgs, which are are great. Um, you know, I think we're starting. To, we I will say, Mandalorian has had some some cool creatures. Uh, you know, we got the mythosaur. Um, the oh, the crate dragon. The, yeah, the crate dragon is very cool. Yeah, um, there's been some really interesting, cool uh, creature design there that I, I've been I've been into. Um, but that's one of the you know I, I'm I every time like a new Star Wars project comes out and there's like it's like yeah, yeah, yeah cool lightsabers cool yeah, whatever I'm like but tell me about the creatures I sound mm. like like I sound like Guillermo del Toro I'm like I just want to know about all the creatures and the weird species um because that's what i think makes star wars feel so so lived in and and so so real and so yeah i'm 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 team animal um well this was super fun it was super fun like thinking about all these creatures i'm sure other people have other suggestions for ones we didn't mention and as i've said you can call and tell us about them six five seven seven nine nine one five six six Tell us about your favorite Star Wars creatures or tell us anything you want to tell us about Star Wars or just say hi to Sammy. Uh, they're waiting for your call. Uh, and uh, and uh, and yeah, so uh, we'd love you guys to sort of uh, interact with us there or anywhere else. Um, but listen, not, not, not unlike a Mandalorian with a jetpack, it's time for us to fly. Um, so leave us a message. Also, if you have 30 seconds, we'd really appreciate it if you could take the time to follow, rate, review the podcast. That would be super cool. And if you leave us a review, we'll give you a shout out right here on the pod. You can also connect with us on social media by following Entertainment Weekly on all socials. It's at EW on Twitter and at Entertainment Weekly everywhere else. You can also tag and follow us directly using at Dalton Ross and at Devin Kogan. Thanks so much, everyone. We'll do it all over again next week. This episode of Dagobah Dispatch podcast is hosted and produced by Dalton Ross and Devin Kogan. Produced and edited by Sammy Junio. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Thanks for listening and may the force be with you.